This episode of Grow the Show is sponsored by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio-quality podcasts from anywhere. More than 70,000 other podcasters use Riverside, including myself, Guy Raz, Gary V, companies like Spotify, and even the New York Times. What's amazing about Riverside is that when you're recording a podcast or a remote interview, the recording quality is independent of Wi-Fi stability, which is huge. Your content is recorded locally, which ensures reliable and uncompressed content quality. It's basically a studio inside your browser, and it is super intuitive and easy to use. Once your recording is done, you'll automatically be able to download separate audio and video tracks and edit your content all with a few clicks. So if you haven't yet, give Riverside a try. Visit riverside.fm and use my code GROW15, that's G-R-O-W-1-5, to start recording studio quality sound and video and get 15% off a membership plan. Okay, so... I think we can all agree that artificial intelligence is here to stay, right? It's what everybody in the podcast world is talking about. And even now, in its early days, it's starting to really have an impact on how podcasters make, promote, grow, and monetize shows. But because it's so early, things are kind of all over the place. And I don't know about you, but I find it a little overwhelming to figure out how and how much to use AI in my podcasting workflow. On top of that, I'm starting to notice something as I see podcasters using AI to promote their shows on social media. And that something is this. A lot of the AI-generated content sucks. It's clear to me that there are many podcasters who are using AI tools to help promote their show, but they're expecting AI to do everything for them. So they use an AI tool to crank out tons of repurposed content, quote unquote, and they're spending no energy at all to actually make sure that the content that they're posting is objectively good. And this is a problem because in my opinion, it's better to post no social media content than to post bad social media content. Now that said, these AI tools are marketed to do exactly what I just described. They're supposed to take promo content creation off your hands, right? This is what I want to explore today on the show. How can we as podcasters utilize AI to save us time? Yes, but how can we use the AI tools available to us to make sure that we're posting social media content that is good, it's effective, and it actually makes people want to tune into our podcast? Well, if you want to know the answer to that question, you are in the right place. Because today on the show, I've invited my good friend Deidre Shen to join us and talk about how we can find the happy medium between having AI do all the work for us and having some good quality assurance for our content. Deidre is the co-founder and CEO of CapShow, which is one of the top AI tools for podcasters, in my opinion. We use CapShow here at Grow the Show to help with our production process. And I found that CapShow, as of today is the tool that's best suited for expert thought leader shows like mine. And the reason that it's so good is because it actually tees up repurposed social content that makes people want more. It makes them want to follow you on social and it makes them want to tune into your podcast. So how does it do all that and and why is it different? Well, that's what I've invited Deidre to come talk through with us today because The big difference is that CapShow creates content using a key marketing strategy. And that marketing strategy revolves around honey. Stick with me, I can explain. 
This is Grow the Show, the podcast to help you grow your podcast. My name is Kevin Schmidlin. I am your podcast growth coach, and my mission is to help you get more listeners and monetize to the max so that you can have a thriving podcast business. Today on the show, you're going to learn three things. Number one, you're going to learn to understand the concept of a content honey trap and how that strategy is going to help you convert strangers into listeners. Two, you're going to learn how to balance the power of AI with your uniqueness as a human. And number three, you're going to be able to create podcast promo content faster and more effectively so that ultimately your podcast downloads will go up while your stress levels go down. So if that all sounds good, then stick around to this episode of Grow the Show. Quick pause on the episode today. If you're a podcaster who's overwhelmed by the editing and post-production process, or you're an entrepreneur or CEO who is not satisfied with the team that's currently producing your show, and you would rather just focus on creating amazing content and then sending it to a team that you trust to get it produced fast, I have the perfect solution for you. Imagine instead having a dedicated post-production team that not only enhances your podcast audio quality, but also manages your show notes, your social media clips, and even YouTube video editing. It's a team that turns your recording into polished professional episodes, giving you back precious time to focus on what you do best. That's exactly what Podcast Boutique offers. It's the only post-production team that is trusted by me and Grow the Show and countless other top podcasters. They provide complete podcast post-production and video editing services with an insanely fast and personal touch. Their clients rave about how much time they have saved and how their show has improved in quality after switching to Podcast Boutique. So if you're ready to take your podcast to the next level, if you're an entrepreneur who has not outsourced yet and you're ready to do that, or your current post-production team does not get you back quality work really fast with incredible communication, then you should head over to podcastboutique.com or click the link in the show notes, fill out a quick form and set up a chat with Podcast Boutique. Have I stressed that they are unbelievably fast and good at what they do? Once again, that's podcastboutique.com or you could just click the link in the show notes to learn more and finally get post-production off of your plate to a team that you trust. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so as I mentioned before, Deidre Shen is the co-founder and CEO of CapShow, which is an AI tool that automatically creates show notes, social media posts, blog posts, and other promo content based around podcast episodes. And admittedly, there are a lot of those types of tools around today. But what's different about CapShow is that CapShow is specifically built around the idea of a content honey trap. The idea is this. If your podcast content is made using honey traps, it's going to be more effective in getting listeners to actually check out your show. But hold on a second. What the heck even is a content honey trap? I'm going to preface this with this is nothing mind-blowingly different. <laughs> what we basically, in short, a content honey trap is how you can create a great deal of curiosity so that it hooks someone in. You know, where every time, like any of us entrepreneurs and marketers, we learn about hooks and how to compel someone to do the thing that you want them to do. At the time that I was struggling with this, honestly, I heard Russell Brunson actually talk about what actually hooks people in. And he basically said, raw curiosity. Mm. Raw curiosity is the one thing that hooks people in. And so I kind of went into a deep dive to be like, okay, cool, curiosity, hooks. There are all these words that we kind of know, but how do we actually pull it apart and create 
a framework or what I call mental models out of it so that I could actually just, you know, kind of lift and shift yeah. them. And that's, I went on this journey of figuring that out and I've got eight mental models actually around creating these Whoa. content honey traps. Oh my gosh. It sounds like you're saying it's just all around spark and curiosity, but for what? Every time that we want to compel or guide our audience to do something, we always need to be thinking about how we do that. So, for example, let's say we want people to do something off the back of an email. I mean, why else do we email a list, right? We want them to do something. And at every stage of that, we need to actually create curiosity so that it gets them to do the next thing. So, for example, we need them to open an email. We need to create curiosity in our email subject lines to have them do that. And then once they open the email, we want them to keep reading. So how do we throughout the email body, and you do this really well, actually, Kevin, you, you know, throughout the email body, you create curiosity and you keep opening loops because then they have to keep going. It's like, oh my gosh, I need to know what mm. what's, gets said next. And then we want them to click on the button or the call to action or whatever it is that we want them to do. So again, the same thing is we need to compel them to do that. So that's a really, really sort of simple example of where at every step of the way that we want our audience to do something, we need to be creating curiosity to do that. It's the same thing if we want them to listen to our podcast, the same thing that if we want them to go to sign up to a, a challenge or a webinar or anything that we're holding, we always need to be thinking about how do we compel our audience to do the next thing. Okay, so let's put that in the frame of a podcaster. Mm -hmm. They're looking to get people to listen to their show. Yes. How might they utilize yeah. the concept of the content honey shop to get listeners to tune in. Yeah, for sure. And I like to talk about one of the mental models, actually. I love talking about this one. Perfect. It's called the paradox. And basically, I was at this event and there, it was one of those events where it was like a full agenda of sessions that you go to. And, you know, as you do, you, you can only really base it on, say, the title, which is kind of like a podcast. You know, you can only really base it, you know, listening to an episode based on the title and a little bit of it's like a tiny description. But there was one that really stood out to me when I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go watch this. It was how I made a million dollars with a $19 product and a toilet seat. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm intrigued. Right. I'm curious. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I was looking at that title and I was pulling it apart in my mind. I was like, what made this so powerful? And it was because of the paradox. It was, you know, it's juxtaposing something, this like end result, this big end result that a lot of us want or aspire to with this like a $90 product and a toilet seat, really almost bizarre in a way, bizarre juxtaposition. And so I actually tested it. I had, at the time, I had done an interview with Angela Smith and she had her whole value proposition or the, the story, her story was around how she does five figures a month, like high five figures a month, working only 40 hours a month. 40 hours a month, not a week, like a month, <laughs> right? And so I actually, so I tested it. I was like, okay, there's a really cool paradox here. Um, I put that on social media. That was kind of the my hook. Mm. That was the thing that I put on the, the, the creative. Not only did that post do really well, like I had people like Alison J. Prince, et cetera, like DM me. I was like, I cannot wait to listen to this episode. But that episode itself, doubled in terms of downloads and listens from the, the one previous. So I was like, okay, this is work. There's something here. And so that was kind of really what led me down to trying to work out what other content honey trap mental models I could uncover. It sounds like the difference there compared to what a podcaster would normally do to promote their episode on social media. Podcasters are usually like, 
new episode now with so-and-so. I'm really excited to share this. And the problem with that, right, is that it, it doesn't make the viewer. No one cares. Right, right. They don't <laughs> care. And also they're not curious about what your episode is about, what you talk about. And it sounds like this just brought that to the max and it was super effective. Yeah. This was the missing piece, honestly. I don't know if you've spoken about this, Kevin, but I started podcasting for my coaching business, gosh, three years ago. And it was for, I was talking to e-commerce business owners at the time and I was struggling to grow my podcast. I was struggling to get my audience to the ones that I did have for my podcast onto my email list. I was struggling to get them into my challenge. Like it was just, you know, broken at so many places. And it was when I started figuring this bit out, like it's such a small thing. It's, um. small, it's, it's not easy. It's simple by design, but it's definitely not easy to do. But once I started actually figuring this bit out, that was when things started to change because I started growing my audience and I started being able to get them to go to my email list and I started getting them onto my challenge and I started getting them converting. And to the uh, point where like, I think it was in September of 2020, it was like big fat zeros, my, you know, my months of trying to build this coaching business. And then in that one, I started getting Stripe notifications and I'm like, what, in, like, did someone hack my wow. Stripe account? What is going on? This must be a mistake. Yeah. And that was oh, the first no. five figure month because of making these tweaks along the way. Incredible. So you mentioned you've got a few different mental models for mm. how to craft content, honey traps. You gave an example of paradox. What are two or three of, yeah. you know, the, the most interesting or most effective other ones? Yeah. The way that I think about it is in the content that we create, especially podcast, there's two components to our episodes. There's the story part of it. And then there's the values, the tips based part of it. Mm -hmm. And so four of the mental models are actually targeted to the story part of it. And the other four about the tips or the value based. And so when we think about story, like I, this is kind of, again, this is why I say it's not mind-blowingly, you know, different, but the cliffhanger, mm. as we know, is like such a tried, true, tested, you know, way to actually create that curiosity, open that loop and get people wanting to know more. So cliffhanger is super effective for the story part of an episode, for example. I spoke about paradox. Uh, we have things like, if I stick with the story bit, we have the big reveal where you actually reveal kind of the ending and what you're teasing is the journey to that, especially mm. the journey is really juicy and really like, oh, that's the bit that, you know, people need to hear about. And then on the tip side, you know, I mentioned the paradox, but there's things like the sharer where you're almost going like, look, this is the framework and the framework itself, kind of like when we talk about content honey traps, it's like the words content honey traps as a framework actually creates a lot of curiosity because people are like, what is mm -hmm. this thing? What is this content honey yep. trap? And then it's like, okay, let's now talk about it. And so there are just these different ways that we can actually pull on the things that we talk about day in and day out and actually start to create curiosity around them. That's the cool yeah. thing about content honey traps. You're the CEO and co-founder of Cap Show, mm -hmm. which essentially, correct me if I'm wrong for phrasing it this way, but I would say essentially it helps podcasters to create content honey traps using AI. It is content marketing assets of which, because content honey traps is one part, very important part. But yes, that's right. We have the content honey traps embedded. Uh, we've fine-tuned our model so that it creates those content honey traps. But we do it as part of a full suite of marketing assets. Now, I first met you about a year ago at PodFest in 2022. Yes. And you told me about CapShow. And by then, AI hadn't exploded quite yet mm -hmm. as it did in between then and now. At that point, AI was just this 
science fiction-y <laughs> thing, you know, like I used the script and I knew that was the AI. But to me, I was like, yeah, maybe someday. You know, totally, honestly, when I heard that from you, I was like, does that really work? And then, of course, what we think about AI has so changed over the past few months. Yes. But before we talk about what AI is, because I, I want to get your take on, for someone like me who doesn't fully understand it yet, I, I want to understand AI a little bit better. But how the heck did you see this need for podcasting and the solution of AI and to combine those two things earlier than the rest of the world w woke up to AI? Yes. Okay. There's kind of two parts in my story, my journey that I need to answer that with. Yeah. So I might talk about how I even learned about AI. Back in the day, it would have been almost eight to 10 years ago because, you know, AI is Whoa. not a new thing, but I was really fortunate because it was back in my corporate career days. Um, I was in banking and I was actually in the innovation team. So they, in the retail part of the bank, they had stood up this new innovation team and they kind of tapped me on the shoulder to be part of it. And my whole job, which is sounds really crazy when I say it now, is like was just to explore emerging technologies and how they could be used in the in the context of banking. Wow. So I was looking at things like blockchain and AI, etc. Um, I was actually working with some of the like leading researchers in the AI space, you know, from Canada and things like that were coming to Australia to actually wow. yeah, talk to us about, you know, how we could use AI in all of these things. It was really, really cool. And my mind was blown. Like, you can imagine, this was almost a decade ago. And yeah. it was like, it was going to be a whole new world. And so that was actually my first foray into AI. By the way, I very much was at it coming from a, like, I didn't know the ins and outs, the technical parts of it, you know, like, because right, it, right. it gets very, very complicated. But I just knew it from, okay, when you have particular use cases, it can become really, really powerful. So that was the AI part. Now, my journey in terms of podcasting, I, I mentioned Kevin about my coaching business and really struggling to get it to grow. And then I had the my first five bigger months and then it kind of rolled off the back of that because in that first year that I podcasted for my coaching business, I ended up doing over $223,000 in that business because I wow. worked out a few things. One was the content honey traps, but another thing as well was how powerful content marketing can be when you can do it in the right way to yeah. actually grow that audience and nurture them, that's the important part and why I love podcasting because it's such a powerful way to nurture people, to create that great know, know like, and trust so that they become raving fans. They pull out their wallets. They buy from you. To the point where like that month I told you about, September 2020, I would ask my new clients, I was like, best decision ever, of course, but just, by the way, what made you decide to invest? <laughs> Why did you do this? <laughs> and they were like, because, you know, I, I listen to your podcast. I read your blog. Like I get so much value from you that I felt guilty for not paying you. Mm. And that's the power of what we do as content creators for our business. But because of that journey, I mentioned content marketing is this big, hairy, scary beast. And there's so many facets to it. You know, I always talk all the time about discoverability and visibility, you know, discoverability being like, can we actually get discovered through search when someone wants to find us? Can they find mm -hmm. us? And then visibility being, can we actually get visible to the people who don't even know that they want to find us yet, but, you know, they should become aware of us. You know, there's content marketing itself is so big, so nuanced, so it gets so complicated really quickly. And that's what happened to us and our team to the point where we were burning out. I had team members leave because it was just like, this is too much. Wow. 
it sucked. <laughs> like creating content kind of sucks, especially when you're trying to market. Like if it was just a podcast in and of itself, that's a lot of fun. That gets to be fun. But then when you have to market the dang thing, like, mm-hmm. oh man. And so that was the point when I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. And that was when I kind of thought back to my knowledge in AI of, you know, having really powerful use cases. And I was like, this is a really, really powerful use case. I think we can crack this nut. And that's how it came about. Yeah. So if I'm a podcaster who wants to start using AI to create this promo material using content honey traps, what are different ways that I can do that? Yeah. All right. So let me start with the big elephant in the room, which is ChatGPT. Right, right. And how people can just, I mean, it's a really, really easy and simple way to get started. If you just wanted to dip your toe in a little bit, just see what it's all about, uh, what the hype is in a way. Yeah. It's a pretty easy thing to use. You, Yeah, it works by what people call prompting. Now, the thing with prompting is that it's very much rubbish in, rubbish out. Um, So if you don't know how to ask it the right things in the right way and give it enough information to do the things that you want it to do, it is going to give you rubbish, to be honest. And this is, by the way, all AI. Um, This also applies to CapShow, um, but very much with ChatGPT because you have to put a lot more thought into it. You have to put a lot more thought into, okay, if you want to model the content honey trap thing, you want to create curiosity, like how do you ask ChatGPT to do that in the way that you want? to do. That's kind of very, very doable, but there is a little bit of upskilling and a little bit more work that you have to put into it. And the other thing too is that there are limitations around putting in full transcripts and things like that. So you can just prompt off the topic, for example, of what it is that you spoke about, but it's going to be very general. And so when I was asked when ChatGPT came, you know, it burst into the market and people were asking me, what's the difference between Capture and ChatGPT? It was very much like, one, Capture is built by marketers, you know, so basically those content hunting traps spoke about, it's already embedded inside Capture. But two, is that ChatGPT is like a general AI. And so what that means is that it goes out to the world of data. It passes through all of the, what it thinks is relevant information and tries to bring back what it thinks is the best answer to your question, to your prompt. And so it's general. Whereas our with Capture's AI is a narrow AI, which means that because we anchor all of the content that we create in your content, so your podcast or your video or your live stream, it is very much hinging on your expertise and your words. So that I don't know if that makes sense, Kevin, but No, 100 yeah. percent It makes tons of sense. And I've fiddled around with ChatGPT before, and it's true that like if you wanted to get even close to sounding like you or using the words that you use, you have to feed it manually yeah. so much of your own work already. Yeah. So that totally, it totally makes sense. It sounds like with CapShow, it's built to quickly understand your voice and your expertise. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's not perfect. No, AI is perfect. So I do want to set the expectation. It'll get you 80% of the way there. But like all things... AI, you do need to be part of the process. Yeah. And so with Capture, and if we can, I'll just quickly talk about how simple it is. It's literally you upload your audio file or your video file and it does the rest for you. Literally, that's all you do. I mean, you have to like answer a couple of questions. That's just going to help to really help Capture's AI really narrow in on the topic that you want to be talking about. And this is important from an SEO perspective. But yeah, it's, it gets to be really simple. But then, and then off the back of that, you just make your edits. You make sure that it is accurate because it is, it is AI. Sometimes it will go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. 
we try to keep fine-tuning it so that it does <laughs> not go off the rails. Yeah. And we are working, we're continuing to improve things like tone of voice and things like that because we can always do better. Yeah. But you have to just expect that anytime you use AI, anytime, regardless of who, like you need to be editing it. You need to be making sure yeah. that it's you. The same thing is true when you use NI, natural intelligence, yes. with other people. Like sometimes it goes off the rails. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know my intelligence goes off the rails every once in a while. So, you know, how am I not supposed to expect a computer to do that? Um, okay, cool. And, and that does bring me a lot of clarity because I think it's just helpful to have the expectation set that it's like, look, regardless of what AI platform you use, Capshow, ChatGPT, or some other AI platform, mm -hmm. it's still, it's not that you're going to do nothing. Like you're still going to have to add inputs, you're still going to have to guide it. Just like working with an employee, you know, it's not like you click a button and it's all done perfectly, which sometimes we can fall into, you know, that type of expectation. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure you've experienced oh, that We've been burnt very many times by that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, okay. You have a great podcast yourself on how to grow a podcast. Have there been any specific, I mean, you can go broad with this. You can apply it to content, honey traps, whatever. I'm just curious for you, what recently has worked to grow your show, to get more listeners and attract more attention to your podcast for you? It's going to sound really, really cyclical, but honestly, trying to figure out how we can really effectively use the podcast to grow an email list mm. and then just keep getting that email list to come back is has been the most effective way that I have been able to build and retain that audience and nurture them honestly into capture or into a challenge or into a community. And so I share about my show notes funnel all the time, which mm. is how I use the podcast to get people onto my email list or into my community. And then from there, it's just the more that I just keep talking about the podcast episodes and who it is that I'm talking to, the more sticky that they become. Now, I do use social media. Um, I use social media a little bit differently where I do because the guests that I get on, sure. I'm very intentional with who I get on to the podcast. Generally, they're people that I've met before and I've had, I have background with them in, in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the posts I do on social media is they're quite personal from that perspective. And I do find that that actually gets a lot of engagement, gets a lot of interest to people for people being like, oh my gosh, I, I do want to hear this because you've told me a little bit personally about how you met this person. I trust you, Deidre. So I'm going to mm. trust this person because you've given me that insight. I haven't just been like, hey, new episodes out with XYZ, come listen. You know, I've actually gone into this is how I met them and this is the fun that we had on at this particular event or whatever it was. I've given them that story and then they listen to it and I send them to my show notes funnel. The first time I did this was with your episode on the Grow My Podcast show. Really? Yes. Yeah, so so, Talk about full circle. Right? This is so funny. <laughs> okay. So how this came up was actually we have a, a mutual client, Adam Lamb. So he actually was on one of my mastermind sessions. We were talking about emails. And he was saying, he was like, oh my gosh, I love Capture. You know, ever since using Capture's email subject lines and body, like my email open rates have gone from sort of mid-20s to something like 66%. But then he said, but I'm not seeing that translate to an increase in downloads. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Okay, let's, again, everything's a funnel. So let's try to work out where is it that things are breaking. And I tend to always go back to 
previous steps Um, because the root cause, as we generally know, always starts, happens somewhere before the symptom appears. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, let's talk about how is it that you're even getting people onto your list in the first place? And he was saying that he has, you know, pop-ups on his website, et cetera, that offers a checklist, some kind of like a PDF thing. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I would hypothesize that the people who, that potentially people who are podcast listeners may be by and large different from people who would be attracted to a PDF thing. Hmm. That was my hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to test it. I don't, you know, I'm going to like walk my walk my talk and I'm going to test this first. Right. And so I did. That's what I did with your episode. And I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, but you, when we we're talking, you kind of just like dropped this small nugget of, oh, you know, and I don't, I'm trying to move away from guest or interview episodes. Right. And, but we weren't talking about that. So we just let the conversation going. You know? But I kind yeah, of was yeah. like, I bookmarked it in my mind. I was like, let me come back to this, Kevin. At the end of the interview, I don't know if you remember this. I was like, can we just, just talk about this bit? And that's when you told the, the JLD story. Yeah. I do. So at that point, I was like, I actually asked Kevin this to go deeper into his thoughts and why it is that we shouldn't be continuing to do guest interviews on for our podcast and you can imagine how much curiosity that creates right because yeah. people are like what do you mean i do guess like that's the way that i do that's my what everybody's exactly doing. and i was like and he went into exactly why that is and what he's like his answer to that which you can get for free as a bonus clip so all you have to do go to my show notes and just grab that bonus clip now and so i've done i've been doing that with almost all of my episodes now this isn't a good thing but like it broke, our funnel broke, and people couldn't access the bonus clips from like the last couple of episodes, something. So I've had people DMing me being like, I want to get access to this. It's broken. Mm. And so it's like, it's been super effective actually to build, to use my podcast, to build my email list. And then you know that there are people on your email list now who are actual listeners. Like they are, you know, that's how they consume content. And so now when I send out an email about a new episode, I'm talking to exactly the right audience. Uh, which has been super effective to continue to grow and maintain my my listener base. Yeah. At what point do they have to opt in? For Is it to get access to the bonus clip? Yeah, to the bonus clip. Yep. It's completely free. What's great too is I'm sure that out of this episode, Kevin, I'll talk about a lot of miscellaneous things where you're like, eh, not going to make the episode. Like I want it to be tied up. But if I said something that was vaguely interesting, you could just turn that into a bonus clip. Yeah. And just be like, actually, Deidre went even deeper into this thing. Go get it for free in my show notes. Yeah. Totally, tactically, technically. Mm. Is that just, is that like a ClickFunnels landing page that they can connect? Yeah. Wherever you do your funnels. So yes, um, ClickFunnels, if that's the thing you use, it could be on Kajabi, it could, literally anywhere that you host landing pages. Yeah. You just spin one up. Again, you can get very technical with this. You can use a Hello Audio or I know like Podbean, et cetera, has like gated audio content. So mm-hmm. you could use a platform like that or you could just be like, hey, just opt in for it. I'll just email you the MP3 or or whatever file. Well, maybe this will be that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Super meta. Incredible. <laughs> kind of going back to the AI craze right now. There are some podcasters who I talk to who just are so fixated on AI where it's like all they want to talk about, all they want to hear about. And I get it. It's it's exciting. But I'm curious, for someone who knows the technology very well, and you know, you've been living in this world far longer than we have, is there any piece of the process that you strongly recommend podcasters 
not yes. turn to AI? Yes. Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. When we think about our content and, and as creators, I'm always so intentional about everything that I create and put out. And we need to continue to be this intentional and, and almost like to the point of, and, and I'm just going to say this, Kevin, because I know we've done a previous podcast episode. I'm going to throw myself under the bus because I don't think I did very well in that. <laughs> and you didn't publish Ooh. it, but that's your prerogative, right? That's totally cool. And you should be that picky about what content you put out there, what guidance you want to be giving to your audience, what expertise and stories you want to be sharing with your audience. That's your job as the content creator. And my fear with AI and, and what's potentially coming is that we are going to give up our authenticity, our originality, you know, our stories and that connection that we can create with our audience because we use AI in the wrong places. Mm. And the number one place that I tell everyone do not use AI for this is to script your podcast. If we're talking about podcasting, mm. for example, like those stories and the expertise that you need to share with your audience cannot come from a machine. It cannot come from thoughts that it's curating from the interwebs, from the, the rest, from everyone else. It has to come from you because this is how you create the connection. So that's one place. And I'm like, I definitely use a chat GPT. I use AI to help me just, just to like come up with ideas. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of want to talk about this particular topic, but I'm not sure which angle I want to take or which perspective, mm -hmm. you know. So I might just use it as a thought starter. But once I have that thought starter, I am like, it's going to be my stories. It's going to be my frameworks, you know, that like everything else is going to be me. Now there's some podcasts that are being created all through AI using AI generated voices as well, like 11 labs, et cetera, is uh, people that can do uh, businesses that can do that. I would also really caution against using a, like an AI generated voice service, because when we think about why it is that we are creating content one, the content has to create the connection with your audience. But two, your vo like the way that you talk, the mistakes that yeah. you make, the likes and the, you know, people, a lot of people, I'm sure, I get so annoyed by my voice and my Aussie accent and all these things, right? But the people that love it are going to love it. And that's, and they're going to connect with me. It was so fun. Like, I had someone tell me that she was listening to my podcast so much that her three-year-old daughter started talking with an Aussie accent. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but you know, wow. that's like, but that's connection, right? When you can be yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is the impact that I get to make on someone or someone's daughter, um, you know, because <laughs> because that's you know, because it's you. And so those are the two like two places. So one is like actually creating the content, the the anchor piece of content do that yourself and actually bring that to life. I would do that yourself. Yeah. Now, when we talk about everything else, like what Capture does, that's already anchored in your content. It's anchored in your stories. It's anchored in your expertise. So I have no issue with, okay, cool. Now we can use AI to really make that process efficient and also give us different perspectives. Like what we hear from our Capturevians is the great thing about Capture is they were like, I didn't even think about this, about talking about this topic in this way, but our AI was able to pick that up because that's what machines do. It can, you know, it can pass yeah. through a lot of information that, and it does, and it's objective. Like it's not like it doesn't bring its own frame of mind or perspective to that content. Yeah. So it actually, it's actually really powerful in that way. So yeah, that was, I'm so, that was a really long answer to your question, but. Uh, that was good. 
That's I get awesome. passionate about That's this. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So DJ, this is great. If someone wants to give Capture a try, what should they do? Yes. Go to freegift.capture.com, please. The reason why I'll put you there is because we do have free gift. I talk about discoverability a lot. Um, and this is kind of how do you use your title and description and your podcast website content to get found on in-app players and on search engines. Um, so I have a really, like I have a really short mini audio course that you can pick up at freegift.capshow.com for free um, and you get an extended free trial of Capshow there as well. Awesome. Fantastic. You're here first, folks. Uh, DJ, thank you so, so much for coming on Grow the Show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. If you are as captivated by the power of content honey traps and AI-driven strategies as I am, I highly recommend giving Capshow a try, especially if you have already given it a try in the past. Deidre and the team are cranking out updates constantly, and the tool is amazing. We use it pretty heavily here at Grow the Show. So if you are listening and you are a Grow the Show Pro member, you can access that discount via the tools and resources area inside the Grow the Show Pro community space. And if you're not a pro member, if you'd like to join us, you can go to growtheshow.com pro or just click the link in the show notes to learn more and join the community. This episode of Grow the Show was produced by myself and Jeremy Grader. Here's a special shout out to Podcast Boutique, the podcast production agency that ensures our episodes sound top notch. If you want to elevate your podcast production and want all the nitty gritty details handled professionally, I highly recommend connecting with Podcast Boutique. Check them out at podcastboutique.com or find the link in our show notes. Finally, your feedback means the world to me. So if you found value in this episode, please drop a review on Apple or Spotify. I read every single one and your insights do help shape our future content. So let's continue this journey of growth and monetization together. Let me know what you think. For Grow the Show, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.